You are listening to the 100th episode of the Baby Names Podcast. And here are your hosts, the Moss Sisters. I'm Jennifer Moss. And I'm Mallory Moss. And we're the founders of BabyNames.com. And we're celebrating our 100th episode. Woohoo! Yes. I'm so excited. I Can know. you believe it, Mal? No. This is I can't. Amazing. I can't believe we've done 100 episodes, that there are even 100 name subjects, but we found them. We did. And so listeners, this is an amazing binge for you. If you haven't listened to our past episodes, I'm sure there are a couple at least that you're going to want to listen to. We have a lot of fun making this podcast, and we're so grateful you're here with us on the journey. Sure. And our first segment is always cool names we found since the last episode. And Mal, what do you have? Well, since our last episode, I discovered two Islamic names that I thought were really pretty. One is Nuria, which means luminous or bright. And the other is Mecca. Mecca is a region in Western Saudi Arabia and the spiritual center of Islam. And the last name did not sound Arabic, so I don't know if she was named after the place or if it was just a name that rhymed with Becca. Hmm. I wonder, do you think it would be offensive to name your child Mecca to Muslims? Um, listeners, if you're Muslim out there, let us know. Otherwise, I think it's a pretty name. Yeah, I do too. So my name I came across this week is from the television show Only Murders in the Building. Such a cute show. I love it. And one of this season's characters is named Tobert, like Robert with a T. And they, they make fun of him and call him Robert with a T. Now, I'm still researching it, but it might be from the English surname Tolbert, T-O-L-B-E-R-T, mm-hmm. meaning Bright Valley. I like it, and it's different, but you're going to always go around saying, like Robert with a T. I guess nicknames could be Tob, Tobe, or Toby. Yeah, you know, and I have to say, I went around saying, you know, before Mallory was common, after family ties, but before then, I always had to say Valerie with an M. Oh, as for Mallory? Yeah, because they're like, what? What's a Mallory? Yeah, it was not a common name. Never on a toothbrush for any of you old (laughs) folks that know what I'm talking about. All right. So today we're talking about royal names, whereas we obviously can't name each and every monarch from every land far and wide. We will choose some of our favorites. We also have a very special guest today talking about British royalty, which is where we're starting. Amanda Matta is TikTok's number one royal commentator with over 1.2 million followers. I'll link to her TikTok in the show notes, but it's at Matta underscore of underscore fact. Matta of fact. She keeps an eye out on the British royals and reports on news, history, fashion, and ongoing scandals. I'm a fan and I'm so chuffed she's with us today. So welcome, Amanda, to the Baby Names Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. It is jolly good to be here. So let's start way, way back before the Norman invasion. There were some really cool names. Like, I guess the official first king of England was Athelstan. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I've always pronounced it. I don't even know 
like all the linguistic terms, but it's like the A and the E are connected. Um, they had some like really, really interesting names, didn't they? Yeah. And his brother. So they were kind of like a William and Harry, right? So there was Ethelstan and Elford. Ethelstan means like noble stone and elf word means like elf army or something like that but it's so interesting okay so this is the story because it's kind of scandalous so Athelstan was like the william and elf word was like harry and when the dad died suddenly the second son became king and nobody knew why but 15 days later he mysteriously died scandalous can you believe that? <laughs> and so Ethelstan became the official, you know, king mm -hmm. of England. Sure. So, yeah, I want to know more about that. So <laughs> that's your project, Amanda. <laughs> All right. I'll make a note. So, yeah, so they were like um, very Viking-ish names mm -hmm. back then. And then there was the Norman invasion. And then came all the boring names like <laughs> Williams and Henry, Richard and John. And we talk about um, the history of English names in another episode uh, called The History of English Names. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one thing I want to know about is there were a lot of monarchs back then that were given nicknames, you know, mm -hmm. like William the Conqueror, Bloody Mary, and Richard the Lionheart. How did that all start? And did were they given the nicknames like when they were alive or like you know, after death? So what you're referring to, um, the nickname that comes after, there is a word for that. It's called an epithet. Oh, okay. Where they get the nickname like tacked on after their, you know, Christian name, their proper name. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag where monarchs get their epithets from. In terms of like the good ones, it's kind of because they achieved something um, like Catherine the Great. You know, usually when you have a the great after your name, it means that you have presided over like a really long reign there has been a ton of social change under you and like for the better and you were working with that not against mm. it but like the other ones the negative ones a lot of the time it's because political enemies during the monarch's lifetime were like actively trying to get those names to stick mm. you'll find which is a little intriguing um other times it's just like these monarchs were so bad or had such like hilarious snafus happened to them that historians decided to tack that on the end. That's so interesting. And we still do that nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Like political opponents will call each other names. Definitely. Crooked, whatever. Yes. I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah. <laughs> but then in a good sense, it was almost like branding. You mm -hmm. wanted to brand this monarch as a certain, you know, memory so, yeah, we're still doing that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Do the royals have a surname? It's Windsor, but is it always Windsor? Ooh, how does that work? Yeah, so the short name on their surname is, yes, they have one, but also they kind of don't. The royal family's official website, their line on this is, quote, members of the royal family can be known both by the name of the royal house and by a surname, which are not always the same. And often they do not use a surname at all. So the modern mm. royals do have a last name. It's Mountbatten hyphen Windsor. Um, that comes from Prince Philip when he married Queen Elizabeth II before she was queen. He wanted to be able to pass his last name to his children but since he was marrying a female who would become the head of a royal dynasty, that was like 
that was never really done. So they kind of had to fabricate this last name, Mountbatten-Windsor. Um, Windsor itself is also a fabricated last name. I'm sure you may have heard this story, no? No. Um, during It was during World War One. The royal family had been going by their dynastic name, which is not really the same as a last name. It's more like your family's territory, your family's title over time turns into the name of your dynasty. They had been going by the name Saxe-Coburg and Gotha, which are their German titles. Wow. <laughs> Up until I think it was 1917, when there was some big anti-German sentiment in the UK, um, I think yeah. for obvious reasons. <laughs> right. I and think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, King George V at the time actually issued a royal proclamation saying, hey, we're changing our name to to be more in line with the, you know, the British. Um, so they changed their name to the name of their favorite castle, which happened to be Windsor. Oh, so the castle wasn't named after them. They, they were, were named, named after, after the, the castle. castle. That that's castle. Fascinating. Yeah, that's one of the oldest <clears throat> castles in the Western world. I think it's been around for a thousand years. So that's where they got their original surname. And that's the first time the royal family kind of took on what we would know as a last name today. That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that this current royal family has modernized, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them is their surname. Yeah. And even today... They they choose not to use it sometimes. Um, so some of the family members, royal family members, if your father has a title or a territory, you can choose to use that as your last name as well. So even though technically Prince William and Prince Harry, for example, their last name is Mountbatten-Windsor, when they went to school, they went into the military, they actually used Wales as their last name because their father, Prince Charles, was Prince of Wales. Um, William's kids on their birth certificate, they had Cambridge because he was the Duke of Cambridge when they were born. Um, Harry and Meghan, interestingly, did not go that route and use Sussex. They decided to use Mountbatten-Windsor. But they're called the Sussexes. Yeah, because it's kind of interchangeable. It, it seems to be a personal preference thing. So when the Prince of Wales became king, then the next child in line, the heir to the throne, becomes the Prince of Wales then. Yes. Yeah. That's not a title that's automatically like inherited. That's one that the monarch has to give to their heir. But but yes. Oh, OK. All right. So it's not automatic. Interesting. So then why does the press still call Kate and Meghan by their original last names? So it's always William and Kate Middleton or Meghan Markle. I get this question so much because I do it too on my page. I will say Kate Middleton. I will say Meghan Markle. Um, the simple reason for me is SEO, search engine optimization. Uh, that's what people are searching for if they want to find out what Kate is wearing. They're not typically searching Catherine Princess of Wales outfits. <laughs> They're searching Kate Middleton, what she wore. That's true. So that's how the internet has changed names in a bit, especially in the press. Definitely. And so that's one reason the press um, looking to have names that will stick for the long term that they can kind of use throughout these people as, as long as they're interesting to the public. I would imagine with Kate, there might be a shift towards Princess Kate. I've started to see that since she's become Princess of Wales. Right. I'm guessing to make her more aligned with Princess Diana, because that's the name we knew her by. We didn't really call her Diana Spencer. No, we didn't at all. Because we had the name Princess available to us. So I'm, I'm thinking there might be a shift coming for Kate in her name. 
Where do you see royal baby names going, you know, following the trends or staying classic? Well, with royal baby names, tradition is like the name of the game. That's kind of the whole point of them, to link yourself to the past of the monarchy and carry that with you into the future through this, you know, baby that you're giving a name to, or four names in the case of the royals. So I see traditional names always being part of the naming formula for the royals. I do think that some quote-unquote non-traditional names will start to work their way in as people from outside the royal circle are marrying into the family. What the recent one was Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie. They've had babies in the past few years. They've brought in names that aren't very typical of of royal family members, but one of them named their baby Ernest and they're going to call him Ernie, which (laughs) I love. I think that's really cute. It's a German name, so there is some of that in the royal family's past, but that's not a name that you see pop up very often. No, not at all. Well, what I think is interesting, so if we go up one generation to Charles' brothers and sisters, so Anne had Peter and then Zara in 1981. So Zara was pretty unusual. That wasn't a royal name. And her story is that Charles named the baby because she made a rather sudden and positive arrival. And the name means like bright or brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that the first like non-traditional name used in the current family? That's one of the first I can think of. Because when we think of non-traditional royal names... What we're kind of talking about is names that haven't been used for royals in the past. Like royals love to name their kids after past royals, whether in their own family or somewhere across the pond. So Zara, and this caused a big controversy at the time of her birth. Like there's like a big kerfuffle because it wasn't, there is no Queen Zara, Princess Zara in the past. Um, So yeah, Princess Anne is a trendsetter in that way, I think. Well, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Because that was 1981. And so there was something else going on at 1981 at the time. And maybe she was just like competing a little with Charles and Diana in the press or something. Because, of course, baby names make press. But um, that was the year they got married, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good theory. So I'm going to do something a little different and get some press for myself as well. Because a lot of times celebrities will also use baby names as publicity, unfortunately. Yeah. So it it was interesting. And of course, Zara um, is from an Arabic name, Z-A-H-R-A. It's just kind of anglicized. Why don't you think any of the British princesses were given the name Diana as a first name? Ooh, this is a little bit of a scandalous question as well. Um, I thought about this and, you know, Diana is in there as a middle name for a couple of the more recent royal births. You have Charlotte, Elizabeth, Diana, and then you have Lilibet, Diana. So middle name, clearly fine. Uh, And we have to assume you have to get some kind of approval from the palace to name your kids whatever you want to name them. But as a first name, I wonder if that is still a step too far for the palace Mm -hmm. who you know diana said some not not flattering things about during the time she was you know exiting the royal family giving interviews things like that i wonder if it's still just like a little bit too taboo of a topic i also think it could be like her shoes are so big to step into she's Mm -hmm. so iconic and beloved that it would almost be a a very heavy burden to put a 
upon a little girl to be carrying that name. Absolutely. So I think it's probably twofold in that respect. Absolutely. Yeah, she's such a monumental figure when people think about the royal family these days. For me, that was my entry point into getting into the royals. My mom had a book of Princess Diana paper dolls. Like, But for a while, she she was synonymous, I think, and she was an entry point for a whole generation of people to become aware of the royals. So yeah, I think your point about it being big shoes to fill to name a baby, a royal baby that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And like uh, Andrew and Fergie's children were Beatrice and Eugenie, and they were named after, I guess, Queen Victoria's daughter and granddaughter. Yes. Um, respectively. Do you know if those were popular names in England at the time? Because here in the U.S. they weren't. I don't know about Beatrice, but Eugenie would have been after the French Empress Eugenie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the last Empress of France. She was married to Napoleon III. I love the name Eugenie. It, it means, uh, fittingly, well-born or noble. So I think that when Queen Victoria's granddaughter was being named that, that was the inspiration. Empress Eugenie was actually that Victoria Eugenie's godmother. So I think that was the initial connection. Right. That's interesting. And then speaking of French names, you know, let's go down a generation now to William and Kate's kids. So we've got George and Charlotte, which were both royal names, obviously. But then came Louis. And I was really surprised that they used kind of a traditional French name for Louis. Did they say where that came from? So the assumption is that that comes from Prince Philip's side of the family. He had an uncle, Louis Mountbatten, who I think was a big influence in his life and probably was there in the beginning of William's like formative memories. So I mm-hmm. think that's, I don't want to say the excuse, but that is where they kind of pulled it in from. And that's what I love about modern royal naming is you're starting to pull in not just the, you know, tried and true royal names, but there are these branches of family members. There are commoners within the family now, and these influences are going to start to come in from other places as well. And it's no surprise then that Harry and Meghan chose some unusual names for their children. And I tried looking this up and I can't find it. Is Archie just Archie or is that a nickname? Archie is just Archie on his birth certificate. It is just Archie. In the UK, you know, it, it used to be a nickname solely for Archibald. But I think over there, it's become increasingly used just as a name on its own. Um, I love his middle name too, Harrison. Like after the old naming convention, Harry's son, you get to Harrison. I thought that was really cute. And yet it's a really popular name here in the US too. Mm -hmm. So it's not unusual, but it is son of Harry. So that was really cute that they did that. And then Lilibet, what is your opinion on this name? Because it could have gone like three ways. It could be that they were um, honoring Elizabeth because that was her childhood nickname, that they were trying to ingratiate themselves with her because I think there was always also a rift or that they were just seriously close to her. What is your opinion on that? I think I've always thought it was a mix of your first and your third reason, honoring her and because they were close to her. I've always, everything I've ever heard has said that the queen was so gracious to Meghan and to Harry when Meghan was entering the family. You have to think that in order to use that really intimate, deep cut of a family nickname, there would have been a blessing given that they would have, you know, let her know. 
ahead of time or asked her that's what I've always assumed yeah I think it's really interesting and Mallory and I are just waiting for the charts to come in for the next couple years to see if it catches on here in the U.S. or in England you know Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see and one thing that and I've told you this about your reporting is that you're not a Megan Basher like so many other reporters out there and and people are jumping on the bandwagon to bash her and I you know I'm not either I think she's done a lot of great things and I think she deserves the benefit of the doubt so yeah I think it's bizarre when people assume that the baseline is to be against Megan or to be skeptical of her that's not what objectivity means and I right it's kind of a shame we've ended up in this place but I appreciate that What do you think about the new trend or the relatively new trend, at least in the U.S., to name a baby duchess, duke, um, prince? Well, prince is prince. We love prince, so he gets 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 a pass. pass. Get the Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, majesty, reign. I Okay, Mm -hmm. it's not for me. Um, I understand the desire to do that because royalty is kind of a trending topic right now. But for me... Those are names that I would give to a pet, not a child. To me, they feel really impersonal, I guess Mm -hmm. you would say, because these are, you know, Duke, Duchess, King, Queen. Those are titles that go before a name typically. So I always associate that with like, you would say Duchess something. Right. It it always would feel like something was missing for me if if I were to name my own child that. So I do think as nicknames, they're cute, though. My mom's college friends, they call her Dutch, which is short for Duchess. And I think that's because she was always like really prim and proper and she's very good at decorating. I like but... that as a nickname. I think that's really cute. Yeah. Nicknames, yes. Baby names, not for me. <laughs> Do you have any fun name stories of royals that we didn't cover? Um, if you want to go way, way back to the Anglo-Saxons, I do have some other fun facts there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the Anglo-Saxon names, you were talking about how they have that prefix on them normally that's like that's a baby name trend right there the anglo-saxons were naming Mm -hmm. their their babies things with the same prefix ethel and then something um so we had ethel wolf we had ethel stan we also had ethel red and his epithet was the unready and i just love this name because it is first of all it's a pun unready in this sense means like ill-advised ill-read so like he had bad advisors but his actual name, Ethelred, means well-advised. <laughs> so oh, you would think okay. <laughs> this is a place where he got his nickname because his subjects... Okay, we have King Ethelred. He was ruling in what? Like before the year 1000. Yeah. Um, so Ethelred, well-advised, but then he like made some pretty bad decisions. So his <laughs> subjects decided, let's have a little fun with his nickname in the history books. So that's... That's always been one of my favorites. I love that. And what would you say your favorite of all time royal name would be? I'm not even going to say British, just any royal name. I'm really partial to Eugenie. I I absolutely love that name. I love the French. And since I've started making TikToks, it's almost become a running joke on my page because Eugenie is a very British way of pronouncing it. In the French, you might say Eugenie. The general British population pronounces it as Eugenie sometimes or Eugenie. So I'll always have people, if I talk about Princess Eugenie, coming in, trying to correct me when there are literal videos of both Sarah Ferguson, 
the queen, also Eugenie herself saying her name. It is Eugenie, (laughs) Um, but it's kind of become this running gag on my page ever since I've started posting videos. So I'm very partial to it for both that reason and the fact that it's just a beautiful name. I always pronounced it Eugenie. (laughs) So yeah, like you, Jenny. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) I was wrong. My favorite baby name is Lilibet. I love it. I think it's darling. I know you do. It's one of my favorites. I'd have to go to traditional and say Henry. It is a family name of ours on our mother's side going way back. So, but our Henrys were Hanks. Mm -hmm. They weren't Harry's. And Harry's name really is Henry, right? Yes. That's his formal name. Henry as a royal baby name, that goes back a thousand years too. So you're in good company. Right. (laughs) Well, listeners, make sure you follow Amanda on TikTok. And if you're not following us, we have an amazing TikTok too, although not as many followers as Amanda's (laughs) 1.2 million, but we'll get there. Thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing your expertise and joining us today. Oh, oh, thank you. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. So To recap, there were only eight female monarchs of Great Britain. So Matilda, also known as Maud. Now, she's disputed as the first female ruler, but she's out there. I like the name Matilda, except it was kind of ruined with that children's book and movie because Matilda was so horribly abused. That just bothered me. Um, There was also Lady Jane Grey, who ruled for nine days. Mm. Now, Jane is a very iconic and perpetual name that doesn't really go out of style. I like it. I have a friend named Jane. And there's also Jane Seymour, who is married to Henry VIII. Absolutely. Then um, Bloody Mary, which was Mary the First. And of course, Mary has two possible etymologies. One is of the sea, if you use like the maritime background in reference, or it could also mean bitter. Mm, Okay. Then there's Elizabeth, the beloved ruler who ruled for 45 years, Elizabeth I. And we all know that there was also an Elizabeth II who was also very beloved. There's Mary II, Queen Anne. Anne is a timeless name and very nice middle name, I should say myself. (laughs) Queen Victoria, who lent her name to a whole age. And then Queen Elizabeth II. And Elizabeth means consecrated to God. And it's also a timeless classic name that just never goes out of style. And as for the stats, the most common name of British kings is a tie between Edward and Henry at eight each and then six Georges. And speaking of kings, you guys, we have a special message on our message line from a certain someone across the pond for our 100th episode. Here it is. Cheerio, Pip Pip. This is Prince Charles. I mean, King Charles. I have to get used to that, you see. So, yes, this is King Charles, and I'm calling to say congratulations. Well done on the 100th episode of the Baby Names Podcast. Five stars. Wow, King Charles. Thank you so much, and uh, pip-pip right back at you. (laughs) 
Charles, keep practicing on that title. Okay, now we've combed the numerous lists of royalty across the world and have picked out our favorite names, and we will start with Le Francais. I think the name Lothair is cool, L-O-T-H-A-I-R. Lothair ruled from 954 to 986. It is a French form of Luther, and it means famous warrior. Now for girls' names, I love the name Isabeau, I-S-A-B-E-A-U, from Isabeau of Bavaria. She was the Queen of France from 1385, to 1422, and it's also a character name in the movie Lady Hawk. Now, of course, there were a lot of Louis, Phillips, and Charleses, but then came Napoleon, which basically means person from Naples, Italy. I think if Roman is becoming popular, so should Napoleon. But I think my all-time favorite for a girl's name is Blanche, after Blanche de Castile. Good old Blanche. <laughs> she was the Queen of France by marriage to Louis VIII. Good old Blanche. She was the Queen of France. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, I do not agree about Napoleon. I don't think it's a great name. Reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. Not someone I would want to be named after. Why? He was the hero of the movie. Yeah, well, there are a lot of heroes I wouldn't necessarily want to be named after. But anyway, my favorite French monarch names are Hugh or I don't know. I don't know how you would pronounce that in French. Um, But H-U-G-H. I know it's you go, so it must be you. You. And Rawl. And I believe that is how it's pronounced in France. Rawl. Phantom of the Opera. R-A-U-L. Rawl. And for French queens, I like the name Eleanor, of course, because it's her grandma, as in Eleanor of Aquitaine. And although very unpopular and headless, I also like Antoinette, such as the famous queen Marie Antoinette, who reportedly said, let them eat cake. She never said that, but okay. Granted, not a fan, but I do like the second part of her name, and Tony is a cute nickname. Well, don't get me started on Marie Antoinette. She was married off at 14 and only knew what they told her, so it really wasn't her fault. I read a couple biographies on her. It's very interesting, and I, for one, sympathize with her. And it is believed now that she never said let them eat cake. That was propaganda, but I do like Antoinette as a name, too. And now we're moving to cool names from Russian royalty. I like the names Oleg, Holy Light, and Igor, which means warrior. Wait a minute. You don't like the name Igor. I do. I think it's so cute. I also love Simeon, S-I-M-E-O-N, which means God has heard. And there was even a Kirill, K-I-R-I-L-L, which is a Slavic form of Cyril, which means lordly. As for the women, you know I love the name Catherine or Ekaterina in the Slavic languages and our sister who has passed, and that was her name. Yeah, well, we, of course, we got to go with that. Yep. And I have always loved the name Anastasia, Of course, she was a member of the Romanov family and the daughter of Tsar Nicholas II and Alexandra. Anastasia was a grand duchess, although definitely royalty. Yes. It is widely believed that she survived the assassination of her entire family, which is what the movie, play, and musical are about. 
I don't know. Now, cool names from Persian royalty. These are really neat. I like Deoces, D-E-I-O-C-E-S. It means the lands. And he was the first known ruler of Media, Media, um, which was Persia back in the day. Then there was Freortes, his son. And then, get this, Syaxares, C-Y-A-X-A-R-E-S. And that means good ruler, Syaxares. That would be such an amazing baby name. Now, in the Macedonian Empire, there was Cassander, like the male Cassandra. Mm. I didn't even know there was a male version of Cassandra, but that makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. I didn't know that either. He ruled in 350 BCE, and we can't forget old Vadfredad from the Seleucid Empire around the 2nd century CE, a.k.a. Vatafradata, a.k.a. Autofredades. Now, the meaning of that is unknown, but I really like Vadfredad or Vatafradata. You don't like Vadfredad. I do. It's, It's just cute. And then there's Q-A-B-U-S, and I looked it up, and it's pronounced Caboose. (laughs) (laughs) And Caboose ruled the Zyarid kingdom from 976 to 1012. I like Darius, as in Darius the Great, who ruled between 522 and 486 BCE. I also liked his son's name, Xerxes, or Xerxes, which is an X name that people don't think about very often. Darius means upholder of the good, and Xerxes means ruler over heroes. Okay, now we're moving down to the African continent. There are three current monarchies in Africa still. Monaco, Eswatini, and Lesotho. So Muhammad VI is the king of Monaco right now. Miswati III is the king of Eswatini, And Letsi III is the king of Lesotho. I think that's really neat. Of course, there were many countries colonized by Britain, so they were under British rule. I like the name Letsi. Yeah, I do too. Um, L-E-T-S-I-E. Yeah, it's a king. But you could use it for either gender, any gender, I should say. Uh, Nijinga. I think that's how it's pronounced. Anna D'Souza Mbande was a Southwest African queen of the Ambundu kingdoms of Ngongo, Ndongo and Matamba, present-day northern Angola. Njinga means to twist or wrap, and I think that's a pretty name, N-J-I-N-G-A. I also think Nefertiti and Cleopatra were pretty cool queen names. I love the name Amina, A-M-I-N-A, Queen of Zarya. She was the first woman to rule over Nigeria and was a fierce warrior. Her reign was 34 years long, and she died sometime around 1610, but never took a husband. Queen Ranavalona I ruled Madagascar from 1788 to 1861. She fiercely fought colonization during her 33-year reign. I like these strong female women. Yeah, really cool. And now we move to East Asia, and we've got cool names from Japanese royalty, Toyotomi Hideyoshi was a Japanese samurai and daimyo of the latest Sengoku period, regarded as the second great unifier of Japan. Hideyoshi means outstanding and respectable. 
I also like Emperor Jimmu, J-I-M-M-U. He was the legendary first emperor of Japan, according to the Nihon Shoki and Kojiki. His ascension is traditionally dated as around 660 before Common Era. Jimmu means divine warrior. Empress Jito was the 41st monarch of Japan, according to the traditional order of succession. Mm. Jito's reign spanned the years from 686 through 697. In the history of Japan, Jito was the third of eight women to take on the role of Empress Regnant. Her given name was Unono Sarara. Unono Sarara. Yay. I also love the name Michiko. Empress Michiko served as the Empress Consort of Japan as the wife of Akihito, reigning from 1989 all the way up to 2019. Now we move on to Chinese royalty. Now, China was ruled by emperors for over 2,000 years. The first emperor was Qin Shi Huang. The last emperor was Puyi of the Qing Dynasty, who was overthrown in 1912 by the current Republic of China. Qin is a gender-neutral name now, which could refer to the dynasty or a musical instrument of the same name. I also like the name Kangxi, personal name Xuanye, who was the third emperor of the Qing dynasty. Kangxi means peaceful harmony. The last emperor was Xuantong, whose reign ended in 1912. His given name was Aishin Zhuiluo Puyi. This is hard to say as a Westerner. Well, for the empresses, I'm going to have to go with Empress Hulu, who reigned from 565 to 572, because I like her streaming service. (laughs) (laughs) The last was Wan Rong, the empress consort of Manchukuo, and they gave her the posthumous name of Empress Zhao Kamin. Cool. I think the ancient Egypt Greek Roman leaders should get their own episode. We shall see. Stay with us. And when we come back from our short break, we will bring you some crazy names in the news and letters from our listeners. Listen, not every podcast uh, makes it to 100 episodes, but you did it. And I'm so proud of you. Mallory and Jennifer, my fellow Chicagoans, on your 100th episode of the Baby Names Podcast. Congratulations. Thanks, Barack. You must have really been practicing because that one was a lot better. (laughs) Okay, and now it's time for Names in the News. Well, in the most surprising news, Elon Musk announced the name of his twins, who were born in November of 2021. The Twitter destroyer and Neuralink executive, Siobhan Zillis, named their twins Strider and Azure. 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 Okay. What's surprising is that they are actual names, not completely made up names of letters and numbers. What do you think of the names, Jen? I kind of like Azure. Uh, They're not really names, but they're dictionary words. I have a feeling Siobhan was like, we are not giving my babies stupid names. But wait! There's more. There's more. Elon has also revealed that he's had a third child with Grimes, a boy named, wait for it, Technomechanicus, or Tau for short. T-A-U. Techno means machine-like, and Mechanicus is a Greek word meaning machine-like. 
So makes me wonder if the baby is actually human. Yes, the baby is human. I can't <laughs> imagine the baby is not human. Um, but it is a very forward-thinking name. Let's just put it that way. It's a name of the future. And, okay. you know, like him or hate him, Elon is a man who looks towards the future. Hate him. But I think that's a screwball name. Another name that has been announced this week is Rihanna and ASAP Rocky's second son named Riot Rose Mayers. Riot joins older brother Riza Athelston, named after the musician from Wu-Tang Clan. Not a fan of the name Riot. Even if it is pronounced Rio, like French, it is going to be pronounced Riot all the time. That's a negative and unpleasant expectation name. Agreed. It's horrible. Huge mistake, in my opinion. Speaking of huge, did you know that they've determined that elephants in the wild savanna have names for each other? Aww, like Punky Trunky? No, not like Punky Trunky. (laughs) They are using vocal sounds that are using to communicate to each other. So not Babar or Punky Trunky, more like... Oh, that's so sweet. Animals have emotions, people. Stop the slaughter. And from matter of fact, Amanda, King Jigme, Kizar, and Queen Jetson, Pima of Bhutan, they have had a third child, and that is a girl. They just celebrated their 12th anniversary, and they already have two sons. What are their names, Jen? I don't know. Prince, Prince Higme. Okay. Namjiel Wang Jigme. Namjiel Wang Chuk and Prince Higme Ugyan Wang Chuk. They both have the same name? Um, one is the middle name Namjiel and the other one's the middle name Ugyan. I wonder if they go by their middle names. That's really interesting. We'll have to ask Amanda. Yes, we will. And now our final segment is letters from our listeners. And guess what? Deb is back with her baby Faith, and she's still having a bit of name regret. Here's her latest message to us. Hi, Jennifer and Mallory. I heard the episode that featured my issue, and I really appreciate your feedback. Our baby is now three months old, and her name still hasn't fully grown on us as a first name. We're still trying to find the best name for her and switch Faith to her middle name, which was originally intended. We realize we don't love the other name options like Savannah, Grace, and Skylar, but instead we've been considering the name Summer. What do you guys think of this name? We like the sound, but is it strange to name her after a season? Thank you, Deborah. Well, I don't think it's necessarily strange to name a baby after a season, but it breaks a rule of baby naming, at least for me, and that is never two dictionary names in a row. Well, you know my stance on middle names, which is you rarely use the middle name. Now, they're thinking of using the middle name as a first name. So you're not going to use them together. It's not going to be Faith Summer. They're going to call her Summer. So I think it's beautiful. It's perfectly acceptable. She was born in the summer, which is what everybody's going to ask her. And I say go for it. I really love it. We both put our stamp of approval on summer. Okay, yeah, true. I guess I could say I like summer. Yay. All right. And our next letter, Dear Mallory and Jennifer, my father passed away almost 10 years ago. My husband and I have decided to honor his memory by naming our firstborn after him. His name was Michael Lawrence. 
if our first child is a little boy, we've decided to name him Lawrence. But if it's a girl, we want to name her the feminine version of Michael Lawrence. But we're not sure what that would be. I think it would be Michelle Loren or Lauren or Michelle Laurel or Laurel. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying Laurel. (laughs) So Michelle Laurel. Am I right or would it be something different? Thanks for your help, Amy H. Well, you could name her Michael. That's been a huge crossover name from boys to girls if you really want to, if you're not Jewish, because you're not supposed to use the exact same name of an ancestor or living person if you're Jewish. But um, you could use Michael. You could use Michelle if you love Michelle. You could use Michaela. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I like Michaela. And I also like the cadence of three syllables before two syllables. Yeah. Michaela Laurel, Michaela Laurent. Or Laurent with a T. Or Laurence. Michaela Laurence, Michaela Lauren, Michaela Laurel. I like all those names. Me too. So Amy, let us know if that helped and what you chose. So guess what? We did it, Mal. A hundred episodes under our belt. We also won the gold first place W3 award a couple years ago for best branded podcast. So where do we go from here? Anyway, we should be very proud of ourselves. I say we go on vacation and celebrate. Good idea. I will actually see you next week. And guys, we'll make some TikToks when we're together. So make sure to follow us on TikTok at babynames.com with the D-O-T spelled out, where you'll find some hilarious name talks. And a big thank you to our listeners. Without you, we'd be podcasting in space. Podcasting in space. Okay, bye, guys. We love you, and I love you, Mel. Thank you for doing this project with me. Love you, Jen. Bye.